Welcome to the Daniel Artest Podcast. And today, I have a special bonus episode for you. I was recently on the Off The Glass Podcast, hosted by my former teammate, Zach Ramey. And on this episode, we discussed and broke down the iconic HBO TV show, The Wire. We was comparing the show to current and past NBA players. Listen, this episode that I did with Zach was the best collab podcast I've done since I started podcasting last year. And I want to thank Zach for having me on his show. And make sure that y'all go support Zach too as well. Subscribe to the Off The Glass podcast and whatever podcast platform you're using to listen to our dope content. With that being said, thank you for listening to the Daniel Artest podcast bonus edition. Yo, yo, what's going on, people? Welcome to the Off the Glass Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, and you know my model. Fan of no team, but a lover of basketball. I got a great show today. I'm excited. We was talking off air. I got my man, Daniel Artest, from the Daniel Artest Podcast. I call him DA. This is my man. We played pro ball together in Rockford, Illinois. So, been a long time coming. Ain't had him on the pod yet, but this is the perfect episode, man. So without further ado, what's going on, DA? Man, thank you for having me on the show, first of all. And this is yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like, we talk, like we was talking about off the air, man, when we was at practice, what we were about to talk about, we ran home after those morning practices on Mondays, and we got right to it. Then we talked about it later, and you know what I mean? I'm just glad that we're here, man. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad we're here, too, man. I, and I must got a big-time guest because the eyes is already jumping up to 78. So definitely got a big time guest in the building. We appreciate all the love. I had to had to take a quick hiatus. You know, a lot of content was being created during that bubble, and I had to just clear my head a little bit. So a couple announcements. The website is www.offtheglasspodcast.com. Got on my hoodie. Make sure to go support that, the Off the Glass Podcast. And then um, follow me on the gram, Zach D. Off the Glass Podcast. And Twitter, if you're watching us, thank you, Zach D. Off the Glass. So make sure to follow me there. And then last but not least, I'm going to be dropping more information, so you're going to be seeing it. But I will be doing a draft show November 18th. I will be covering the draft with my man, Rashad Phillips, a.k.a. Yoda, from Sports Talk 2319. Also, my man, Max Van Ogden from the Max Van Ogden Podcast, the MVP Podcast. Check him out. We're going to be doing the live draft show, so make sure to check us out for the whole all your draft needs. But without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I had to pull out my, my Baltimore Ravens hat because we about to take a trip to Baltimore. DA, you see the row houses in the background. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to be breaking down the wire and comparing it, the different characters that we pick to current and past NBA players. And this is exciting because, like DA said, when we was in Rockford, by that fifth season, you could watch that next episode before it premiered on Sunday, that Monday morning. So we had that 7.30 practice, hurry up, get back, me and my man, Mr., and then we'll sit down and watch The Wire. Real quick, DA, what did The Wire mean to you? Because to me, I feel like it's the best show that's ever been done, period, hands down. Yeah, I agree with you. It was definitely the best show ever. And uh, I remember watching it from the beginning all over because I caught it at season five. That was my first time ever. Because mm-hmm. remember, you put me on a family guy before um, <laughs> before yeah. The Wire. I remember I went to Target and brought all this family guy stuff. But when I watched it all over again, like, like you know, we we like the, the, the cops and robbers, good guy, bad guy story. But 
like the cop story was really intriguing on how to catch these criminals and everything, right? And then you got from the criminal element side how it really works in the hood and stuff. You know what I mean? So like I, I liken, you know, what I mean that part of Baltimore where I'm from in Queensbridge, like you know, you're from Chicago, so we pretty yeah. much seen it, and I could tie it to different, you know. Guys in my neighborhood, like, oh, this guy, I know that guy. Like, we got a, everybody got a version of that, of that Omar in the neighborhood. And everybody got the, you know, the um the Avon Boxdale throwing the basketball tournament and stuff like that, yep. you know? So, like, it, it's, it's, it, it ran, it, it was real. It was real. And it is the best, the best um series of all time by far. Well, for me, I caught it early on, season one. So, mm. uh, I think it came out in 2006, if I'm not mistaken, the summer 2006, somewhere in there. So, I caught it early. So I would play my summer league game and then head home, watch it with, with my pops. And for me, I just love the way they developed all the characters, like from Bodie to Cuddy to McNulty to the Carcetti, the mayor, the one season to like Daniels, like just the way the growth and the transformation of all the characters. I loved it. I also loved it to your point. It made the hood look like we were kind of like real people experiencing real things. We're not just drug dealers or we not just stick up people and it showed that people have different circumstances for why they are where they are in their life like nobody just wakes up one morning like i want to rob people i want to sell dope or even on the other side i want to go be a police officer or i want to run for mayor it shows that we all have a a series of things that we go through in life and decisions that are made either for us or that we make down the line that lead us to those different paths and then it shows you how all the world's connected so even though a lot of people didn't like season two because they left the hood and went to the docks, it showed you how the docks connected to the hood. Because how you think they getting the dope in? Man, how- season two was the best. I thought it was too. And the people bringing the dope in didn't look like the people from your community. Mm-hmm. So what is their hand to play in all this? So I thought it was super dope, man. I got to give a shout out to my wife real quick. This was her idea. She's actually been bugging me to do this show for over a year. Wow. I was waiting for the right timing. So just to let the people know, we could have picked a bunch of characters, but we took the two main sets or two main clicks. We have Marlo's click that shows up in season three, season two-ish, season three-ish. And then we have Avon's click who was there from the beginning. So on Avon's side, of course, we got Avon Barksdale played by my man Wood Harris, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, we got Stringer Bell, Weebay, and D'Angelo. So I mm. picked a top five. On Marlo's side, we had, of course, Chris, Snoop, and Michael, the young and up-and-coming guy. And then as two kind of like free agents, we have, of course, Omar, Michael K. Williams. you got to have Omar. And then I picked Bodie because Bodie, you can say, ends up kind of working for both of them. He was more loyal to Avon, but eventually he had to take Marlo's package. He didn't really have a choice in the matter. Yeah. And as another wild card, I picked Brother Muzon, the hired Muslim out of New York. And then, of course, the one that was kind of tying everything together behind the scenes, Proposition Joe. Yeah. So <laughs> let's get it started, DA. Where you want to start first? Where you want to start first? Let's start off with uh, Stringer Bell. All right. So I'm going to give it to my guests on this one. <laughs> Who did you have for Stringer? I, for me, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. For me, uh, I had Stringer Bell as LeBron James, man. And I'm going to go, I'm going to tell you why. Stringer Bell, you know, like LeBron, smart, all about the business, focused on the end game, you know, um, always thinking about the future, you know, planning how to get his guys from, from out the bottom 
and willing to go to war for it too as well. And that's even that 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 even means you know bringing in guys he wants to have beef with. You know what I'm saying? Um, also like Stringer, you know they're just trying to you know transcend the game. You know what I'm saying? Like whether you know Springer, um, Springer, um, Stringer's trying to you know be the man of the of the drug trade. You know LeBron is you know always trying to be this transcendent athlete. You know what I mean? But just like Stringer. Don't trip, <laughs> you know what I mean. Don't don't think that LeBron won't um you know leave you for a better package, man. If yeah, if, if that certain package is getting stepped on and everything, you know they're both ambitious and impatient at the same time, man. You know what I mean. But they had keen business business sense and adaptability to any situation, bro. Yeah, Stringer was the perfect blend of the streets meets Ivy League. Like he was literally taking business classes. Bringing it back to the hood, like I got an elastic product. He dropping the business terms in. And to your point, when Avon gets locked up and Stringer didn't, he thought he was, but he didn't. They had a problem getting that dope, getting it in. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about him in a second. Prop Joe had the best product. But because he was east side and they was west side, Avon didn't want him messing with Prop Joe. So he had to come up with a nice, smart scheme to figure out how they was going to get that good package. And yeah. one thing about LeBron, LeBron always has to – he's going to get him a good package. So whether that's D-Wade and Bosch in Miami, whether it's Kyrie, Kevin Love in Cleveland, or it's going to be him and AD in L.A., he's going to find a way to get that good package. And he's real smart. And the steam, after he uh, meets his untimely demise, they had to – they moved on from Striga, uh, Idris Alba. McNulty, the cop, goes to his downtown apartment and he mm-hmm. got samurai swords on the wall, books, and they like, who am I chasing here? Yeah. And I think it shows how Stringer was viewed as a black man, as a dope dealer. Like, because he's dealing dope, he has no intelligence. The same thing with LeBron. They mm-hmm. want you to shut up and dribble. You ain't got no, no opinions on anything. You just a dumb athlete. LeBron like, nah, 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 nah. Look what we got going on over here. I got my man Mav. I got my man Rich. We doing all these things because we also got this mind. So I thought for me, LeBron fit Stringer Bell to a T. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Um, Just like like I said, just like the business mind, you know what I'm saying? The, the, way, the way to adapt to any situation, you know, um, LeBron – you know, he, he he just fit the role really good, man. He just fits yeah. the role really good, man. Oh, we're not going to beat that one a dead horse. So let's let's go to the other side. And I'm going to throw out somebody who probably was one of the more controversial. He was so cunning. I'm going to go with Chris. Marlowe's mm-hmm. number one lieutenant, his capo, also his number one hitman. And for me, I picked Dame. And the reason why I picked Dame, number one, we already know what the game is like. Super kill on the court. Not afraid of any big moment. Take any type of shot. Also, remains loyal to his people. So as much as they always trying to get him out of Portland, he wants to stay in Portland and win in Portland because they gambled on him when nobody believed in him. They helped put that thing together. The same thing you saw Marlo and Chris do on the street side. Mm -hmm. I thought... He gets forgotten about because he's in Portland, almost like Chris. It was like, see no evil, hear no evil. You almost didn't know where Chris was. But people knew when Chris showed up, he was there to handle business. And it's the same thing with him. So that's who I had is Chris. I had my man, Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard. Who did you have for Chris? 
Man, I had Clay Thompson for the same reasons why you got Dane. You know, mm. loyal, loyal, loyal to his guy, Steph. You know what I'm saying? Like, Steph, Steph just cast such a big shadow, but you don't like that shadow hides, you know, um, Clay or Marlo hot cast a big shadow. You know, you got Chris coming out the darkness, ready to shoot you down with, with no right. hesitation at all. You know, right. maybe more lethal than the head man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because as much as you concentrate on Steph, Clay shooting unlocks a lot. I mean, it's a man with what a 37, 39 point quarter. So yeah. he just is lethal, but in more quiet, cunning way. So yeah, I like that one. D. I didn't even think of Clay. Way to way to slide that in. And real quick, we know the draft is around the corner. It's gonna be interesting to see what the Warriors do. Do they keep him together? But you know, that's another show for another day. So okay, we got I got Dame. You had Clay for Chris. We're gonna go back to the other side. Okay. Who did you have for WeeBay? See, WeeBay, that was that was tough, man. Because like WeeBay, he loyal. You know what I'm saying? He's so he's so he's so loyal. You know what I mean? And um, and I put I ended up using Jimmy Butler. When I say loyal, now Jimmy Butler go from team to team. But how I got it is that Jimmy Butler was loyal to the grind. You know what I mean? Loyal, right. loyal to hard work. You know what I'm saying? A set of principles. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like I didn't really have much to dive in on WeeBay, but I compared it to, to Jimmy Butler as far as just being like, you know, just having principles, having morals and everything like that, you know, working really hard to 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 help his team achieve that goal and stuff. And then we seen what Jimmy Butler did in this NBA finals. You know, what I mean, this whole playoff run, you know, he put the he put the super in front of the star now. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that right there with with um with WeeBay and Jimmy Butler, and also they have fish tanks too. You know, Jimmy Butler got a big old fish tank in his crib. We yeah. didn't have the fish, though. You know what I mean? That was the best, yeah. that was the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, when D'Angelo thought that he was getting ready to get taken out because, he, you know, uh, we was like, nah, man, I need you to feed these fish. Stop tripping. It's funny. I had Jimmy Butler as well. Mm. Everything you said. And he's reliable. Mm. He doesn't have a real fancy game. He was reliable. So if you watch WeeBay, he had a cold. He had principles and he moved a certain way and he yeah. moved in a way where it was always simple. So mm-hmm. whether it was when they was going to do the hit on the one guys, when Stinkum gets popped, mm-hmm. Stinkum like, nah, we're going to, nah, we be like, nah, nah, we're not going to do that. We're going to, we're going to do this. And then we're going to, like, he always had it simple. Just like yeah. Jimmy game is Jimmy game is a very effective skill game, but it's not a lot of moves. It's just effective. It gets it done. And that's yep. what WeeBay's character was. And to your point, he's loyal. If yep. you match his principles, he took them years. When they tried to, when they wanted him to snitch on Avon, he was like, all right, I'll do I'll, Give me another pig sandwich and some coleslaw. He, you know, he was ready to take them years. And he took them years, took life. And yep. then he had an eye. And Maybe Jimmy, that. the same person, he looked you dead in your eye and don't bat an eye. He don't flinch. So, I, I, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised because to me, I felt like that was obvious. So I'm glad we had the same consensus on that one. Moving back to the other side, let's do Snoop. Oh man, Snoop, man. Oh, for Snoop. <laughs> I settled on, I think I had the best nickname for him. So if you hear me, KD, get at me. I, I got the big Joker. I had KD. And the reason why I call him the big Joker, because if we playing spades, you throw that joker down, it cleans up all books. And that's who KD is. And it's the same thing with Snoop. 
Snow cleaned up all the mess, had the brain power, could be their own person, their own leader. That's what made, in a lot of ways, Marlo's crew a little bit doper than Avon's crew. Because mm-hmm. you could make an argument that Chris could have had his own crew, Snoop could have had her own crew, Michael eventually, as a youngie, could have had his own crew. Mm-hmm. On the Avon side, it's just really him and Stringer. The rest yeah. of them were just soldiers to a certain degree. But I just felt like super deadly with his game, super lethal. KD coming to take you out. The best offensive player we ever seen can take you out in a myriad of ways. The same thing with Snoop. Mm-hmm. And they're super skilled, super skilled. So, yeah, they shooting them things, but they knew how to get things done effectively. And the same thing with, with KD, very serious about his craft, no wasted motion. Same thing with Snoop. So, for me, I had KD. Ah, uh, that's funny. I had Marcus Smart. <laughs> Just to get, to get yeah. Okay, I, I could see it. I could see it. You know, the um, you know, I, I don't give a f attitude. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, that's to do the dirty work, to get in your face and everything like mm-hmm. that. Also, you know, that component, you know, that kept that team together, made that team rise to power too. You know, what I'm right. saying you need that guy. You know, sometimes you know, sometimes your stars they just too pretty. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Marlo, for instance, Marlo's out the way. You never see Marlo near anything. No. Nah. Chris and Snoop put in that work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Chris, Snoop was just as lethal as Chris, too, now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but I just like that. I just like that Marcus Smart comparison with Snoop just because of that, that the attitude. I agree. I agree. So, we're going to go back to the other side. You know what? Let's kind of change it up a little bit. Let's talk Omar. Mm. Who did you have for Omar? See, Omar, Omar is like he could be, he could be anybody, bro. You know what I'm saying? We we trying to stick to the new school. We're sticking to the new school, but like Omar, Omar is like Jordan, Kobe. I got Omar as Kawhi, man. You know what I mean? Um, I had him. Me too. Me too. <laughs> because Omar, Omar, like Kawhi, is patient. He's a calculated killer. You know, he move at his own pace. You don't rush. People fear him. You know what I'm saying? And um, and when you know the, the heads, when the head guys come at him, he's not backing down. He wants that spot. You know what I'm saying? And he's like a one-man army, too. Obviously, we've seen that in the playoffs this year, you know. Also, like you know, Kawhi, you know, um Omar got injured, and you know, Kawhi's injured dealing with some yeah. stuff, right? Yep. But he you know, he's still hanging though. You know right. what I'm saying? He's still right. hanging. <laughs> no, I everything you said, I would just add the fact that. He wasn't really loyal to anybody per se. It's like he a paid mercenary, like a gun for hire. I, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm gonna go over here because this is benefits what I got going on, and y'all need to get down with me because this is my skill set. This is my talent. I'm not compromising from nobody. So, yeah, I want to be in the Clippers, and not only I want to be at the Clippers. If you listen to the reports, I'm living in San Diego. And I'm coming to these games late. If they allegedly, allegedly, Kawhi, if it's not true, my apologies. But what I'm saying is to me, LeBron set the table for player empowerment. But I thought most recently, Kawhi was the antithesis of what player empowerment is like understanding what his value was. So no matter what the Spurs said, no, nah, my leg is hurt. So no matter what Omar's people said, no, nah, we got to go at them because Avon and them was messed up for what they did. Like, we going after them to the end. Like, I'm committed to this. Kawhi's the same way. Very committed, very loyal, knows how to stay off the radar. You're not going to catch him getting his hands dirty. So everything you hear, 
is always secondhand information. So whether mm-hmm. Omar pulled a caper off, you ain't going to never hear the truth from Omar. It's always going to come from the streets. And when the streets would tell it, it could be more sensationalized. It couldn't. Like, you never know. But with Kawhi, all we can hear is what his teammates might have said. And they came out and said, we ain't said that. So unless you really there or Kawhi telling you, you don't know how Kawhi's moving. So he's like a real killer. He moving in silence, a real gangster. And that's what Omar was, was a real gangster. He moved in silence and he stepped to his cold. So, all right, we're in agreement with that. So just to recap, we had Stringer Bell played by Idris Alba as LeBron. We had mm-hmm. they played, uh, I forget his, the actor name. I actually saw him in the airport one year when I was coming back from Poland. Uh, as Jimmy Butler, we had yep. Dame Dollar as Chris and Clay Thompson. I had Snoop as KD. You had Marcus Smart. Let's go back to the Avon side. Let's talk D'Angelo Barksdale. Ooh, who's ooh, I got a perfect person for D'Angelo Barksdale, man. Who's the guy that could have that could have had all the talent but didn't want it at all, really? You know what I'm saying? I got D'Angelo Barksdale as Andrew Wiggins. Oh, so I'm gonna look real crazy when I tell you who I have. <laughs> he is like James Harden. Woo, wow. That's oh wow. Wow. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I gotta hear you. No, you gotta I, you gotta go. I, I gotta hear you first, man. All right. Gotta... <laughs> All right. No shot at James. Mm-hmm. Generational talent. He progressed the game. He created an unstoppable move. All the great scores have done that from George Garvin's finger roll to Kareem Sky Hook to Jordan Kobe's fadeaway to Dirk's one leg. James Harden is in that category. Mm-hmm. But we got to talk about, fair or unfair, the lack of playoff success. Mm-hmm. And I did a podcast when I went back and looked at Oklahoma City when they played in the finals against Miami. Him and Ibaka was a no-show after mm-hmm. he won the sixth man of the year. And we chalked it up to, well... They're young. They got to improve. But for better better or for worse, Houston, the game against San Antonio, when they got blown out the water, and I don't even think Kawhi played, and I got, that was on James. Yeah. Golden State, I know Chris Paul gets hurt, but that game seven, you kept firing them threes. Mm-hmm. Most recently, I argue Russ was hurt. Daniel House did whatever Daniel House did. Chemistry was ruined, but we got to talk about it. So if we look at D'Angelo, smart guy, Mm -hmm. had had the pit humming. But when it came down to that pressure sometimes, acted emotionally, that's what he was on trial for, shot a guy, pulled his gun out. They had to bird my man from Fredo Star from Onyx, had Mm -hmm. to take care of the the working man that testified because D'Angelo – acted emotionally when everything hit the fan he was ready to get in that box and get the talking because of what they did to wallace the pressure was just every time the pressure hit d'angelo he but brilliant man great guy a lot of talent leader Mm, none but i i don't know i that's what i thought about i said i I gotta put harden right there so that was me that was me (laughs) Yeah, I, I put Andrew Wiggins there because, like, you know, he had the keys to the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? When I say the keys to the kingdom for Andrew Wiggins, is that that if you, if you actually, you know, worked really hard at his craft, you know, he could have all the gifts 
bestowed upon him as far as like his basketball talent. We knew what Andrew Wiggins was in high school. You know, yeah. we seen what we thought that he was going to be at, at yeah. Kansas. We seen it. Yes. You know? yes. But then yes. like he was unreliable, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he just he just couldn't handle it. He kind of he kind of folded. Yes, still averaging 20 points a game for his career. He's not a bust, you know, but he left a lot to be desired. You know what I mean? How I feel about James Harden in these moments. Mm. I mean, like I said, I got to call it how I see it, D.A. Hey, I'm on your side, brother. <laughs> so we had a little difference of opinion on that one. Let's go back to the other side. And let's finish up with Marlo's crew. And then we just finished Avon's crew. And we'll get back to who Avon is. I decided to kind of switch lanes. Mm. I'm a diverse type of individual. I'm cultured. So I decided to go with my man, who I felt like should have been the number one pick. Yeah, I said it. Go check my receipts. Luka Doncic as Michael. Mm. The young, up-and-coming, young gun. Michael brought out of a tough situation, but always did his own thing. Was a natural-born leader in season four but was loyal to his friends, but was mm-hmm. different. When, when Marlo and Monk came around giving that money, they was all thirsty. Michael was like, no, thank you. And then they looked at him, and then Marlo came across the street and got in his face, just like we saw them Clippers getting Luca's face this year. Mm-hmm. And, Marlo, and he's like, he didn't want it. And then Marlo called him, you know, called him out his name. We just say it like that. Yep. And then and Michael looked him dead in his face. And then Marlo saw that look in his eyes. And it was like, Michael know who Marlo is, but at the same time, I'm young, but I'm a man too. You're going to respect me and respect my principles. And Marlo could do nothing but respect it. And it was the same thing with Luca in this playoffs. Every time the Clippers tried that, Markeith, you know, Mark, Markeith Morris and them tried that, Patrick Beverly, that West Side, K-Town, Marshall High School stuff, and Morris out there with his North Philly stuff, Luca's like, all right, I'm with that too. Y'all mm. going to respect me as a man. So mm. for the up and coming, it's only a matter of time before he an MVP in my eyes. I had Luka Doncic as Michael. Ooh, you, you know what's crazy? You swayed me, man. You swayed ah, me. But, ah. but I, I had Jason Tater, man, the up and coming guy. You know what I mean? Right. You know, think about it. Like, you know, when he dunked on LeBron, I'm like, okay, cool. He has no fear. You know no what I'm fear. saying? So, you know, I had Michael, you know, leading that leading that pack of the young guys, man. But, yeah, your point on Luca, you know, spot on, spot on. And I think that he's going to be MVP this actually this upcoming season. I think that's my on, on Luca. I think Luca Doncic, when everybody comes back healthy, I think Luca Doncic is still a top five player. Somebody got to move. I'm sorry. When you're doing 29-9-9, somebody. And you know what, D.A.? I was trying to resist it because I'm yeah. all about – it has to matter for those who have been doing it, right? Like, it has to matter. But what I saw from him, it's just like, you look crazy if you don't put them eight down. Like, you look like, what are you talking about? Like, they ain't eight guys better in the league than him right now. Like, it is what it is. Like I yeah. said, towards the end, Michael ends up being more Marlo from what they, I mean, not Marlo, Omar. But we don't know how it turns down the line because, you know, they cut the show off. But the point being... He was that up and coming leader, just like just like Luca. So I want to say this too for those listening. Shout out to y'all. Make sure to comment. Let us know y'all list. If you saw the show, 
who you agree with, who you disagree with, add some stuff to it. Like I said, this is an iconic show. I'm still surprised I come in contact with people that ain't seen this show. Like, what is wrong with y'all? Like, I can understand people wasn't watching it live because they didn't reach critical acclaim until, like, season four. If we mm. want to be honest, when they had the brought in Michael, the, the, the school episodes. But drop a comment. Let us know what you think. So we'll go with Michael. And then before we go to our top two, let's talk Bodie. Mm. Bodie Broadus. Bodie Broadus. Go ahead. One of the best characters, man. Love Bodie character, bro. Mm-hmm. Love Bodie character. Smart. Wise beyond his years. Saw a lot on the streets. Kind of did his own thing. Created his own lane. Because wasn't nobody moving like him at that age. Out. Nope. I mean, had his own corner. Having bang outs on the corner. I mean, it was... And he moved with, like, when Stringer took a liking to him, because when Stringer would have them, the meetings, he always had kind of some intelligence to say. He kind of always saw how to how to move and handle himself, even by the end. So for me, I went with Steph Curry. Mm. I had Westbrook, man. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. I had Westbrook. I'll explain why I had Westbrook. Because with, with the you know Bodie and Westbrook run parallel with each other, man. In my opinion, you know they both have pride. Pride is both their strength and weakness. You know mm. what I mean? they both have a huge um, chip on their shoulder. Mm. They both are always willing to prove themselves any every any and every chance they can get. You know what I'm saying? They they could be the man, but they don't want to you know play the game. Right. You know what I'm saying, right. and that same that same pride. And stubbornness that got Bodie killed is the same pride and stubbornness that's the downfall for Westbrook when he's just shooting jumpers and not attacking the basket, you know. But having said all that, they both not going down with a fight either. No, no, and just I mean we're gonna get there, but I easily could have had Steph at that number one spot, but we're gonna talk about what we chose to do on that. And if I did, if I did that, I actually had AD as Bodie as well because I felt like. At times, AD has the ability to be that guy, but we'll be remiss if we didn't say LeBron bought the, the best out of what we ever seen out of AD. Mm. So as much as AD needed LeBron, LeBron needed AD, and the same thing can be said about when Bodie was with Avon, they needed Bodie. He was a great earner. He listened. He mm. was a leader. They could trust him. Same thing with AD. Yeah. Even when he went over to Marlon. And, and another thing, too, with Steph. Steph going to do it his way, too. Yeah, People feel like, stop shooting them threes. Now nah, I'm going to keep pulling this thing from half court, and y'all going to respect it. You yeah. know, so it's kind of – I could see the Westbrook thing, too. Like, if that was to change one, and let's say I kept Steph at that top spot, I would have went with Westbrook for Bodie. Hmm. But the next one is actually who I had Westbrook. I had Brother Muzon. <laughs> hired help. Brought in by Avon while he was in jail to protect the towers, the most precious real estate. But then Stringer had to cut a deal with Prop Joe and them to get that good work. So they came up in there working. You're like, why did I pick Brother Muzon? A lot of it has to do with more so Westbrook off the court as well as on the court. Okay. Westbrook on the court seemed like a very principled guy. Very principled man, family man, wife. You don't hear nothing crazy about him. Always doing his thing in his community. Seems very intelligent, learned, 
like he knows some stuff. Like, right. don't let the outfits throw you off. He's just expressing himself, but seems like a smart guy. Mm-hmm. Same with Brother Muzon. Yeah, he out there, he'll pop you, but he reading Harper's. He got the Atlantic. He reading the magazines, principles, about his principles. Very serious. So if you cross them, they at you. Yeah. Brook just as deadly on the court. Besides Derrick Rose, and you could argue how you want to slice it, the most athletic point guard we ever seen to play that position. Intensity at a whole nother level. Not going to stop coming at you. Mm. Same with Brother Muzon. When he got popped and ran off, what happened? He came back and rectified all that, cleaned up the mess on his own, didn't ask for nobody's help. So for me, it was a combination of Westbrook on and off the court that led me down that pathway to pick him as Brother Muzon. Oh, man. That's Zach, this I, is why I like your show, man. Because you, I, you, you do it, man. Like this, I, I'm a nerd. I can't help it, man. I, I'm a nerd, man. I be breaking this stuff down like that. I'm a nerd. I can't help it. <laughs> it's all right, man. You know what I mean? You're a basketball life for your Paris, man. That's why yeah. you're a point guard. You're a point guard, man. You know what I mean? You you see everything. You see yeah. everything. Me as a power forward, I just see the ball. <laughs> you know bring me the ball. And this is a direct quote. Bring me the ball, son. He's done, son. He's done, son. He's like, get me the ball. That's all DA used to say. Matter of Listen. fact, he even tried to fight me one day in practice. Oh, God. Now, DA. Big guy. I looked at him and laughed. Literally, they like, you Zach, you crazy. I'm like, D, ain't nobody fighting you, bro. Like, like you can go on hell with that, man. I was like, you just be upset. You just be yeah. upset today. But no, nah, that's that super competitive side of him because I wasn't bringing him the ball. DA wanted that ball. So, but no, nah, that was just a little quick side <laughs> note. Um, you know, like I said, I myself as a cool nerd, man. I can't help it, man. I just, I overanalyze things. So for me, when I started really breaking this down, writing notes down, I'm like, man, who can yeah. I put? So that's who I came up with. So before we get to the last two, to me, he was one of the most important characters. He doesn't make it through the show. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Let me get my brother Muzon. Oh, my, my bad. I'm sorry. Um, I got Kevin Durant as Muzon, man. Silent. Silent assassin. You know what I'm saying? Methodical, intelligent, tenacious, intense, and also quiet. Quiet, you know, quiet. You know, mm-hmm. both got injured. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But we we know how we know how Brother Muzon came back. He came back guns a blazing, and I think that's how KD is going to be this year. You know what I'm saying? I think that we um we overlooked. You know what I'm saying? Like how Stringer Bell overlooked overlooked um Brother Muzon and it ended in, in, in his demise. You know, I got the Nets coming out the East this year. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like it's kind of like the same thing as well. You know, so that's that's my opinion on on. Um, Brother Muzon and Kevin Durant. Nah, that's a that's a perfect one. Again, these characters were so well rounded. Yes, the only two characters that were hard for me was Avon and Marlo. We'll get that in a second. But everybody else, they were so well rounded. They fit the temperament of a lot of today's players. So you could have went either way. So I, I'm not mad at that. I agree with that. But the the gentleman I was just about to mention, and I apologize because I got excited. I'm enjoying <laughs> the spot, man. Is uh Prop Joe. Proposition Joe. Who did you have for Prop Joe? We, 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 listen, if, if, if you smart as I think you are, you, <laughs> you're, 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 you're going to give him CP3, you know, yep. Yep. CP3. All day. All day. Joe, they, they run parallel, you know, um, Prop Joe's responsible for the co-op. Yes, CP3. sir. 
is as is a you know responsible head um you know the leader of the players association you know the tireless effort to make everything work and you know prop yeah. joe making his co-op work cp3 making his bubble happen you know what i mean with everything the bubble needed you know what i mean as far as like you know bringing the chefs in you know what was going to be on the floor as far as the black lives matter movement and everything like that you know and also like prop joe cp3 had all the head guys checking their ego at that door when it came down to that business and stuff like that. And also this, I want to add in this, this just popped in my head. He's not afraid to, you know, draw us out the lines a little bit to get things done too as well. And I'm talking about Pop Joe as a businessman and CP3 as a player. You know what I mean? It kind of, they kind of do some other outliners outside the line thing. You know, we could talk about Chris Paul in college, you know what I'm saying? You know, Chris Paul with the, uh, uh, with, with getting people technical fouls for not having their shirts mm-hmm. tucked in you know, being demonstrative to the referees. They're, they're, they're both the same thing, man. Just some some all-around hustlers. Super smart, always looking for an edge. Prop Joe mm-hmm. will always say, when somebody come up, proposition for you. That's how you got the nickname, Prop Joe. He always was playing chess, always was thinking moves. You know, even when Omar showed up and knew that Prop Joe had a, a role to play in some of the stuff that was going on, he was able to think quick on his feet. Just like CP3, kind of like a point guard, surveying the land, being to be uh being able to improvise on the spot, but do it in a way where it's intelligent and it makes sense. And that's to me, everything you said, I don't have to beat a dead horse with that. CP3 to me was a no-brainer. He was the leader. The only thing that was prop drove demise was sometimes trying to teach a little bit too much. Yeah. And Marlo ended up being his demise. And Marlo said, I wasn't here to pay to play the son. Mm. You know, powerful, powerful. So, but no, we're in agreement with that. So that brings us to our last two. Now, let's start with Marlo. The only person that didn't end up going to jail or even getting killed out of everybody, he won. Mm. So if we went new school. I went with Giannis. And mm. I go like Marlon and Avon was the hardest because as much as I love this generation, I love this era, they are they sometimes miss the application, or I don't always like the approach. That's why I'm so beholden to like the 80s and 90s. Like mm. the approach was just just different. And Marlo was like that constant in your face, like constant, like I'm here, you're gonna respect it. And Giannis the same way. To me, we can debate and probably name, not even debate, name about six or seven players skill-wise in the league that's better than Giannis. But I don't think you necessarily can name seven players you would take before him. Why? Because of his application. I feel like his aggression is his best skill. Hmm. Same thing with Marlo. He was just so much more aggressive than all of them. He didn't care. He not hanging out with you. He don't want to buy a drink with you. He don't want to be in the co-op. No. What do I need to do that's best for Marlo, this moving, this family? Same thing with Giannis. He ain't working out with people. He not hanging out with people. No, it's him and his brothers until he die. Hmm. Now, before I let you rock, if I didn't come with Marlo, I had my man Michael Jordan. For all the same reasons. Super smart, super aggressive. Jordan, and you know a little bit too because I'm pretty sure we never talked about it, but I'm just assuming because we named the same people got to be in his presence a little bit. Super loyal guy. Hmm. You in his circle. He really messed with you. You know, a lot of people say a lot of things about Jordan, but super loyal guy. 
He a good dude. He's going to make sure everybody around him eat, put his friends on. Same thing like Marlo, but again, that aggressive, that he came in and took the league by storm. His third his third season, which is his second full season because he broke his foot. Yep. The man averaged 37 a game, 3,000 <laughs> points. Like, I'm here. Marlo was the same thing. And then when Marlo took Prop Joe out, he came in and said, yeah, the price of the brick go up. Well, mm. When Jordan showed up, what? The price of the brick went up. Mm. Even to this day, to the point, people still the number one sneaker. Mm. The best, the GOAT still, in my opinion. Like, all this. And he ain't played in almost 20 years. And I feel like that's the kind of lasting mark that Marlo left on the streets in his role in that movie. So, I said a lot. The floor is yours, D.A. Now you, I mean, like, you hit it on the head with the Jordan thing and, and with Giannis as well, man. But I had Steph Curry for Marlo, man, because like oh. Marlo. Like Marlo came out, he came on, he came um to onto the scene out of nowhere, flipped yeah. the whole game over. Yeah, left yeah. every left a trail of dead bodies in his in his rear view. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or uh, string a bell in his rear view. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, with he had no regards for his competition at all. You know what no. I mean? That's what Steph was too as well. You know what I mean? Um, cunning. You know, cunning, precision, brutal. You know, um. And Steph, Steph, like Marlo, took the crown, ran with it, and then like everybody got to remember his name now, you know. Um, hate it, love it. Yeah, hate it, or love it. And just like how it is around, you know, with social media and everything like that, you know, um, is how it is in the wire, man. You know what I mean? So that's my comparison with 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 uh, Steph and, and Marlo. All right, so we we kind of differ a little bit on that one, but you did agree with the Jordan take. Yeah. Jordan's everything, though, when you want to think about it, <laughs> okay? <laughs> He's everything on his list. We could have plugged him in a little bit of everywhere. <laughs> and I ain't going to lie. I had trouble with the Avon one, so it's only fitting. May he continue to, to rest well. I went with the Black Mamba. I went with Kobe as mm. Avon Barksdale. And he was a mixture of old school and new school. Mm-hmm. He was still fresh. Still relatable. A lot of people was out there mimicking what he was doing. But he's still around. He's still hustling. He laid the blueprint down, but he stuck to his principles. He was west side till he died. Mm -hmm. No, I want my corners back. I only No, we only know one thing. I want my corners. Stringer could talk all this business stuff. No, Avon's like, I want my corners. Yeah. Kobe, when he was on the court, he wanted you to remember him. So even his last game, where'd he go out? He went out shooting. 60 mm-hmm. plus points, same thing with Avon, and transitioned off the court. Brilliant businessman. I became more of a Kobe fan, to be honest, after he retired because yeah. of all the moves he was making, how he had his hands in so much stuff. Same thing with Avon. He putting on the basketball game. He giving out the turkeys. Cuddy won a boxing gym. Here go your money for your boxing gym. It's just he was doing everything. and. For a while, until Kobe opened himself up to the end, he was a man of silence. Yeah. They didn't even know who Avon was. Until Freeman went and got a poster, and they was like, oh, they they got a wire up. They don't even know who they chasing. Yeah. Because real gangsters move in silence. And the same thing with Kobe. If we be honest, a lot of people didn't like Kobe, but we really didn't know nothing about Kobe until the end, until after he retired. Yeah. On a public level, it was the same thing. So... For me, 
I couldn't, I had Steph because I was trying to keep it all, but I ain't gonna lie, it just don't seem right. So I got Avon as Kobe. Yeah, man. Um, it, it, it's perfect. You know, you know, like we was talking about earlier with um Kobe and Avon, how that runs parallel, how much respected he was, how talented he was, but also, you know, um when the young guys came around, he was, you know, he was still trying. You know what I'm yep. saying? Like you said how he went out. He was able to play in different eras. Just like how Avon was, you know what I'm saying, and like how you say like Kobe was given at the end and everything like that. I have I, I have stories about that too. Even like when I was, you can say I'm Cuddy, and I went to Kobe for advice on how to run a triangle offense when I was, you know, trying to get on the Lakers summer league team and everything. Took me for a half an hour on the court mm. and showed me you know, different footwork. You know what I mean on the ins and out of the entire triangle and everything like that. You know, so like I'm forever grateful for that man. You know what I mean? Whenever I see him coming out at the end of the games, we talking, we just talking basketball stuff or just family stuff. I'm just picking his mind. Then he asks me questions on why I ask him the question. You know, always curious. You know what I mean? So like that that Avon and Kobe thing, that, that was the best way to go. I had nobody else. So like I know you was like, yeah, we got to go to the new school. But Avon, Avon and Kobe was the guy right there. That was that was because there's nobody like Avon. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you could get Stringer Bell. I mean, not Stringer Bell. You could get Marlo Stansfield. You said you you had um I had Curry. You had who you had for um for I Marlo. Had you had Giannis for Marlo. You know what I mean? Like everybody, we had different except for Stringer, except for yeah. Prop No, we had different things. But with when Avon, that was Kobe right there, man. You know, so I and, agree. Yeah, yeah. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I had to take my name out the way. I had the row houses up. I, this is actually Baltimore, and they actually just like everywhere else, they've been doing some gentrification. So, but this mm. is how I look. The you know West Baltimore, East Baltimore, they filmed it all. Over. I've actually been to be be more. It's been some years. I got family out there. Um, proud of my ancestry. I'm a direct descendant of Frederick Douglass. So, a lot of my family on that side, my mother's side, still live out there. So, been to be more, but had to put the row houses up there. So, just to recap. For Marlowe, I had Giannis and Jordan. You had Steph. For uh, Chris, I had Dame. You had Clay Thompson. For Snoop, I had KD. You had Marcus Smart. For Michael, I had Luca. You had Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. For Angelo, I had Harden. You had Wiggins. Uh, we both had Butler for Webay. And then for Stringer, we had LeBron. We just did Kobe for Avon. For Omar, we both, I think we both had Kawhi, right? Yes. We both had Kawhi for Bodie. You went with uh, I went Westbrook. with Steph and you went with Westbrook. And then yeah. for Brother Muzon, I had Westbrook. You had KD, yeah. and then you had Prop Joe. And I has we had CP3 for Prop Joe. So I yeah. like great minds think alike, man. Like I said, super iconic show. If you haven't seen it, me and my wife is like a pilgrimage, you know, like a religious experience. We watch it at least once a year. Like, we'll just watch it from the beginning and just watch it, man. Just well done. Shows you for a lot of us that come from these communities. Mm-hmm. All don't have the same experiences. Me being two-parent household, uh, mom with a master's degree, dad a carpenter. So I didn't grow up broke in the hood. I would never tell that story. You know, I always say I won the parent lottery. But mm-hmm. surrounded by friends who that was their reality. And going to school where we had metal detectors, because there's by and large, there's no such thing as an all black middle class in this country for most of us. I'm, I'm not going to say it don't exist in certain areas, but by and large, that don't exist, especially in urban uh, cities and environments. So going to school, friends dealing drugs early, friends not making it, even as I became a grown adult, you know, working my police job, actually being on the scene of 
two guys, homicides I actually knew, one I actually played with. So just the, the dynamics of being black, but also the greatness that comes out of it, how a lot of us are able to overcome, person, persevere, me like me, yourself. We saw that with Naaman, who was yeah. eBay's son, who yeah. got out of his environment and did well. And, you know, so it just shows you how we all kind of write our own stories. And sometimes when you black and in America, for better or worse, your story is already written for you because of the circumstances you may be born into. So it's just a reminder of let's not judge those people as harsh. Everybody, like I like to say, don't win the, the parents lottery like I did. You know, so I just thought, you know, for me, that's what the, sh the show represented for me. I know it seems like a lot, but it really was the way yeah. they tied everything together throughout society. And I thought it was well done. Any closing yeah. for you, DA? Um, my closing remarks was is basically like I spent time in Baltimore after I left Rockford. Actually, I played with this team okay. called the Maryland Greenhawks and stuff. So I was always in the in, in those neighborhoods giving back and stuff. You know, um, you know, I I came in I came in into some money and stuff like that. So I just wanted to do some good with it. You know, this was the years when the PBL was paying really well, and I yeah. actually like you know you know I mean I, I was able to you know me afford um to you know help you know, disadvantaged kids out. They was coming to the game. So I'm like, hey, can I come to your neighborhood? Can I can I check in? You know what I'm saying? Can I check in and yeah. go to your neighborhood and run some basketball camp? So I did that and um in, in Maryland. And it's like the same way out there. Like those row houses that, that we see on the picture right there, that's how it is in that in that neighborhood and everything. And it's it's the same, like you know, they gentrify and everything, like like where you're at in Chicago, where I, where yeah. I'm from in New York, even down here where I'm at right now in South Carolina, they just you know doing a lot of changing up and stuff. You know, um, I come from a two parent home too. You know what I mean? But like my dad worked, you know, me in the hospital, and my mom's worked in the bank, but the bank kept getting robbed, so she stopped working. And you know what I mean? She got on the the assistance before um before I was born and everything. And um, you know, it was hard. My mom had eight kids, and then my kids, my her kids had started having kids. So at one time, it was seventeen of us in a one bedroom, bro. You know what I mean? You know. <laughs> Um, no. Yeah, it was rough. You know what I mean? It was rough growing up for me because, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, out of all the siblings, I'm the middle. You know what I mean? So now we got all the older ones. Then we got the younger ones. Then Ron come out of nowhere just blowing up in the house. So, you know, I had to deal with that. And then we had a house fire. So I never got to see myself as a baby. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? All the pictures burnt up. So I don't know how I look as wow. a kid. Like, there's yeah. no yeah. picture now of one. I've never seen it in my life. So, you know, I still feel like that that disconnect from back then, trying to still piece together my life and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, you know, how the wire, the wire was so influ um, influential to me is because that I see these people still, you know, growing, going through the same things that I was going through. You know what I'm saying? Struggling and, and you know, just, just um you know, scrounging to eat. And I kind of brought that into my play when I played basketball. You know, me being an undersized, you know, big man, having to fight and scratch against guys, you know, taller than me and everything like that. So, you know, it, like growing up in that in that hood, it, it gives you a lot of heart. And I can say, like, I can bring that in to, to the basketball, you know. So yeah. that was my experience, man, with it. And, um, you know, thank you for having me on the show, by the way, too, brother. No doubt, man. Like I said, me and me and D.A. go back to our, our pro days in Rockford playing in the PBL, which at the time to me was like arguably the second best league in the United States right there with the D league, as far as talent, the type of guys we played against and played with. So definitely mm -hmm. was an honor to have you on brother. I'm glad you sure. was able to come on the podcast. Like I said, I was excited to do this one, man. My wife, this was her idea. I know she's going to be excited once she hears it and make sure if you guys missed the live, I'm going to 
add some pictures. We're going to chop it up and then I'm going to drop it again on my YouTube channel. So make sure to go to the Off The Glass podcast, the Off The Glass podcast, subscribe, hit that alert bell over there on YouTube. My website is www.theofftheglasspodcast.com. If you want to be a patron, the Patreon page is the Off The Glass podcast. Like I said, be looking out for the, the draft information. November 18th, I'm going to be doing the draft with my man Rashad Phillips, Max Van Ogden. We're going to be going to be doing that. So make sure to don't watch ESPN. I'm going to say it now. We ain't watching ESPN. You're going to watch the draft with us. So make sure you check that out. And then last but not least, I'm going to leave it to DA, allow him to plug his stuff. He has a fabulous podcast as well. Always doing great things, even other stuff outside of basketball. So make sure to check him out. I'm going to let him plug his stuff right now. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, thank you for having me on the show. I'm Daniel Artest of the Daniel Artest podcast. And um, yeah, you know, my podcast is is about basketball, but the tagline of my podcast is called Bigger Than Basketball. You know, we do all kinds of shows and everything like we have. We'll talk about like, you know, financial freedom. You know, we we have like, you know, prison reform shows. We have shows with all women in the workforce. We're talking about microaggressions and everything like that. You know, so, um, you know, just support the podcast. That's the Daniel Artest podcast on every single, you know, streaming, whatever, how you get your podcast and everything is well oh my god a website danielartest.com and danielartestpodcast.com as well and i got a facebook group um you can just search it the daniel artest podcast and yeah that's it man you know i'm just i'm just just happy to be here today man talk about the wire and basketball man Mm. well that will bring this episode to a close thanks for joining me and you know my model fan of no team for the love of basketball talk soon peace Thank you for listening to the Daniel Artest Podcast, the bonus edition. I want to give a big shout out to Zach for having me on his platform. Y'all can follow him on Twitter at The Off The Glass. I know y'all can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Daniel Artist Pod. I also got the Facebook group. Just go ahead and search it, The Daniel Artist Podcast. With that being said, I'm out of here. Y'all be safe. Wear your mask. Love is love. Peace.